Ave Maria Radio and Renewal Ministries presents Fire on the Earth, a compelling look at the new evangelization through inspiring teachings, interviews, and testimonies. Welcome, friends. This is Peter Herbeck, your host, and we're going to continue today to take a look at the introduction of St. Paul's letter to the Ephesians. If you didn't have a chance to tune in to yesterday's program, I was touching on this because one of the most important things we can do to grow, to help us grow, is to come into a deeper, fuller understanding, not only of the truths that, yes, Jesus, you know, became one of us. He lived, he taught, he died, he was, you know, was crucified, he's risen, he's at the right hand of the Father, these, these foundational facts of salvation. But what has God done for us in Jesus, God our Father? What has he done in us? What's unfolding in our lives? Because we are living um, it doesn't matter who you are and where you are, if you are baptized into Christ and you're, you're following the Lord, you could be young, you could be old, you could be in full health, you could be laying in a bed partly paralyzed or something. You're still living a drama, the great drama, the drama of God, the story of God, the kingdom of God, the life of God, and your, your, your life has a purpose. Your life has a destiny that is so big and so significant, and it doesn't rest on your accomplishments and what you've acquired in this world and how other people look at you. I mean, I think that having accomplished things on earth is a good thing. It's not something I'm, I'm not being critical about it, but it's small in comparison to what God has done in us and who he has made us to be and where we're headed. What's he doing in us? And our capacity to live in, you know, the fruits of the Spirit, to be able to go deeper and deeper with the Holy Spirit, you know, who's been given to us. Uh, we're born again by water in the Spirit. As we talked last week, where the Christian life is a new life in the Spirit, and we learn to walk by the Spirit as we mature. And as we move more deeply into obedience to the direction and leadership of the Holy Spirit under the Lordship of Jesus, we we start manifesting by his grace, his presence and his life in us. The fruits of the Holy Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. And that, the maturing of, of the, the work of the Spirit in us is connected to also the renewing of our mind. And that is the understanding of who we are in Christ, what he has done for us, who he has made us to be what he's accomplished for us, and again, the drama that we are living in. It elevates everything, and it helps us see, and it helps us believe, it strengthens faith. It maybe births hope for some of us, but it certainly you know, continues to expand hope's horizon for us, and giving to us power to walk differently, and how to walk? To walk in love. To walk in love. The great call we have. And the fundamental thing the Lord wants from us, you could, you could ask, Lord, what do, you, what do you most want from me? I think two things. He wants us to love him, to love the Father, to be that child of God, grateful, secure, dependent, joyful, delighted you know, in him. And he obviously wants us to learn how to love our neighbor, to love as he loved, because this is the life of the kingdom. And the capacity to do that grows the more we grow in the knowledge of God, 
The more we grow in, in the knowledge of God, the more we grow in knowledge of who we are. We have lots of data, you know, here on earth about who we are. You know, we have the biological, we have the chemistry, we have the mathematical, we have all kinds of ways of understanding the human, the human animal. But we need special revelation. We need God's intervention, which has come to us. He's spoken to us in his son, who's a word, who's the word of the father. He's come to reveal all of this that we were destined for, that the darkness of, you know, demonic dominion, the powers of sin and death has darkened the human mind and, and made us incapable of grasping fully who we are without God's help. And one way to say it is we take up these truths and things that, for example, Paul's talking about here in Ephesians, we'll look at again today, is we come to understand and appreciate and actually believe the truth about the glory that we've been given. We we share in the glory, the renown, the the power, the majesty, the the beauty, the purity, the victory that belongs to Christ, we share in. And his victory, which is his presence in the, you know, before the Father, at the right hand of the Father, in all glory and majesty and power, we're connected to it. We're being drawn every day closer to it and deeper into it. And the day's coming when death will try to steal it from us. But we know that the light of Christ shines in the darkness, and the darkness cannot, will never overcome it. So beautiful. Left off yesterday, Ephesians chapter 1. I'll just read uh, where we started yesterday in verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. It's really good to say that out loud, friends, especially on hard days. I've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I don't for sure understand it all right now, but I know it's true because God's word tells me it's true. And I want to learn how to receive it, believe it, speak it, walk in it. These are so precious. This is gold. In the, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. So we've been chosen from the beginning of time in the mind of God. That what? What did he chose us? What, what did he choose us to do? That we should be holy and blameless before him. That we too, but in an entirely unique way, would participate in the love offering that is heaven. The eternal love between the Father and the Son, who is the Holy Spirit from all eternity. Now the, the victorious, triumphant church already in its fullness is before the throne of Jesus Christ, as is, are the millions and billions, who knows, trillions of angels that all are offering praise and thanksgiving and they're offering their hearts and the more they offer, the more they come alive and are animated and are filled with newness and joy and all that flows from the love between the Father and the Son. They're participating in it. And our purpose is to make our lives a living offering and sacrifice to God. And a blameless offering of a holy people is what he's talking about here. And how are we made blameless? 
by our own wits and our own strength and our own efforts. Efforts are involved, but we're made holy and blameless by being washed in the blood of Jesus Christ and baptized into him and becoming uh, temples of the Holy Spirit. That's where it comes from. Verse 5, so he destined us in love. That destiny that he set before us. Now, who are you? You're a person of destiny. You're holy. You're blameless. You're set apart. You've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And you have a destiny that, that emerges from the love of God. And the destiny is to be his sons and daughters through Jesus Christ. According to the purpose of his will. It's the will of God. Verse 6. To the praise of his glorious grace which he freely bestowed on us in the Beloved. You know, Jesus is the Beloved, and now we're called the Beloved. We're sharing in everything that belongs to him, which is so beautiful. We're beloved by God. It's another thing to say out loud. I'm beloved of God. I'm the Beloved. That's not being proud. That's just speaking the truth. And that's receiving the Father's genuine mind and heart toward you. He's the one who initiated. He's the one who's chosen you. He's the one who desires you and wants you and wants you to know yourself as the beloved, as one who is just profoundly and totally loved by God. Which is, wow, what a gift. Verse 7, it says, In him we have redemption. That is, we're we're bought, we're bought at a price, we're bought back, we're bought out of the condition of slavery to sin, and Jesus bought us with the price of his blood. So Paul says, in him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses. That's so big. The apostles were sent, specifically Jesus sent them, saying this, uh, referring, uh, I think I referred yesterday to Luke 24, the resurrection appearance of Jesus to the apostles in Luke's account. And Jesus said, you know, I've fulfilled. He opened the scriptures to them. And as he stood there, having risen from the dead, he's alive again. And he said, what happened to me is exactly what scripture said would happen. We fulfilled it. I fulfilled it. And then he said, you are my witnesses. You are witnesses to this. And he sends him out as witnesses. He said, so that you can tell them basically what you see and what you know and call them to repentance for the forgiveness of their sins so they can receive the Holy Spirit and come into new life. That's really the the foundation of the message of the church. Repent and believe. You know, repent and come and receive. Become a child of God. In him we have redemption through his blood and the forgiveness of of our trespasses according to the riches of his grace which he lavished upon us. His grace. Paul's terminology here is so beautiful. Grace is God's free gift to us. The gift of being bought out of slavery, of having a a horrific destiny, to be dead in our sins and without hope in the world, confused and lost. Friends, we see today the consequences of the, you know, the world, the flesh, and the devil at work, it seems to be increasing, where more and more people are deciding to not believe in God or deciding to act as if God doesn't exist, and they're bent on 
defining and creating their own reality. And the fruits of it are terrible. I mean, the fruits of it are so manifest. And God loves them and God wants them to know that they are called to this destiny. We have to pray and pray and pray that people's hearts and minds be softened and that their eyes would be opened, that the grace of God that we've received and others have received can come to them and they too can come into the, this lavish grace that God wants to pour out upon them. Verse 90 says, For he has made known to us in all wisdom and insight the mystery of his will, the mystery of his will according to his purpose which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things in him, things in heaven and things on earth. All things were made for Jesus. All things were made through Jesus. We're all being united and Jesus is making all things new. He's going to, when he comes to judge the living and the dead, will also bring about a new heaven and a new earth. And this is the mystery of Christ. Not just that he died to save us, but he died to save us so all that the Father had planned this almost unimaginably powerful and beautiful reality of a new heaven and a new earth is going to come to be. And we're all united to God the Father through the Son and in the Holy Spirit into a new reality that will satisfy our soul for all eternity. What a blessing, friends. God bless you. Have a great day, beloved. Each program of Fire on the Earth with Peter Herbeck can be downloaded at AveMariaRadio.net and RenewalMinistries.net. Fire on the Earth is a production of Ave Maria Radio. Friends, I'd like to offer you my new booklet, Receiving Fire. Jesus said, I have come to cast fire on the earth. Would that it were already ablaze. That fire is the purifying love that burns in the heart of Jesus. A fire of grace for those who receive it, but a fire of judgment for those who refuse it. If you'd like a copy of this free booklet, call 1-800-282-4789 or contact us on the web at renewalministries.net slash FOE. That's renewalministries.net slash FOE.